Right now, we have a government of the weirdos, by the weirdos, and for the weirdos. That's very good. Yeah. Hello. My God. Stop talking about it. Brother, you are going down. There you go again. Woohoo! This is the Brian Suits Show. AM 770 KTTH, Brian Suits here. It's a Friday. It is the Friday of uh, the 17th of June, 2022. Welcome, everybody. Kent Police and Valley SWAT say we can serve a warrant easy or we can serve a warrant real easy. They chose real easy. And uh, we have the audio right after this AM 770 KTTH, along with producer Greg. Portland is a voter-caused cramp hole. It's not often that you get to uh, blame yourself, but anyone who uh, voted yes on this initiative to decriminalize our drugs, uh, here's your hellhole. Here's your hellscape. Uh, You remember a a couple weeks ago, there was a funeral in in the Puyallup, or was it? And there, there were two parties at the same funeral mourning the dead guy and uh, as with uh, most funerals uh, you bring firearms and you 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 hug it out there apparently i uh, uh, nobody saw nothing no one cooperated with the the uh, the the popo but uh somebody pulled out a gun someone else pulled out their gun other people pulled their guns out and pew 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 ensued and someone's dead uh, the the accused gunman evidently lived in uh, the lovely town of Graham. They're south of uh, your Puyallup um, and uh, resided at a apartment complex in Unit 103, the occupant of Unit 103. So the long arm of the law reached out, and I think this is early in the morning, uh, a few days ago, and uh, executed a search warrant, or an arrest warrant, I should say. And they they initiated it not not by kicking the door, not by the so-called soft knock or the hard knock. Uh, Kent police did uh, pretty much uh, the door blast. This is this is pretty much opening the door, of, ha- hammering on the door of Parliament. Uh, you you could say in Graham. Uh, the, the, the SWAT officer is going to say over a megaphone cause can't, uh, the person videoing this didn't exactly get the best sound, but he, but he's saying occupant of unit one Oh three, get away from the door. It's not even, not even come out with your hands up and your pajamas on. It's just get away from the door. You're not going to be, you're not going to want what's about to happen to the door. Gives him like 10 seconds. There he goes. Woo! Blew the door off. It's black rock. Open the door. I added that. That wasn't. Black Rod really didn't arrest somebody. Like, just don't care. So there you go. Anyway, the miscreant is in the custody of the people at King County. He'll be arraigned uh, from King County Jail. Not identified uh, yet, but the the, the great cemetery murder uh, suspect of 2022 now now in hands. Um, so uh, there you go. And so anytime you can use pyro at 5 a.m., you know, I, that's a good day to me. Pyro or robots, don't you think the future of either policing or warfare is... Citizen. 
Put the weapon yes. down. I will take you under arrest. Come Turn cry. around. No. You, you think it's always going to be person it, to person? It, it needs. Well, I mean, the, the protective gear, you know, behind a shield or whatever. I, you know, I, I, if if Kent uh, and Valley SWAT, if they say, look, this is a wanted handgun murder suspect, um, killed somebody at a funeral. So we're going to assume he disagrees with our arrest warrant, and so that's what it takes to get the uh, the black rod. To get the the uh, the door blast um, is because number one, let's all make it home today. Let's right. let's number two, let's arrest this guy. That's why you get the. That's why you get black rod. It's black rod. Open the door. So there you go. Now, if I was a neighbor, I you know I wouldn't be super happy. But then uh, finding out, well, I my neighbor was a wanted. Uh, you know, a homicide suspect. That wouldn't make, that would make me less happy. So I'm like, oh, well, good you got him. So uh, there you go. Um, well, in Oregon, I don't know. I I I don't know that any anyone up here in uh, Seattle paid attention. I didn't pay attention. I don't know how this initiative, ballot measure 110, passed in the state of Oregon. No clue. But if anybody brings this up as an initiative to the people in the state of Washington. Um, I, I, I believe I have the authority to allow you to hit them with a two by four. Oregon was the first state in the United States to decriminalize possession of personal use amounts of your heroin, your methamphetamine, your, your Fenty, your LSD, your oxycodone, uh, and, and others. And guess, guess what happened? Utopia broke out. No, if you haven't been down there in a while. Portland, this is a, a, the, uh, the headline from a Daily Mail. Portland resembles an open-air drug market after decriminalizing hard drugs. Uh, overdose, overdose deaths skyrocket by 41% in Portland alone. Um, Who well, could have seen this coming? Yeah, crazy. Um, wild stab, uh, overdose deaths in uh, Redmond, Oregon. Uh, or Bend, Oregon, are, are not uh, there. Is, there's a lot of voxy out there, but man, in in Portland, you see people doing just like in rural Washington, lots lots of drugs, but not like downtown Seattle. Certainly not like Portland. Um, and they're they're getting their overdose deaths. Uh, it, this is, by the way, uh, I don't know what the difference between Seattle fire and Portland fire is. Um, I I have a weird feeling in Portland. If if um, anyone is yelling, anybody got a narcan? The answer is silence. I that's that's how you explain all the overdose deaths because there's as many overdoses here. But at, at eight thousand bucks a pop, Seattle City Fire shows up. They narcan you, take you to Harborview anyway. You're you're out by close of business to to uh, OD again. Uh, but anyway, Portland. Would if you haven't been there in years, keep it like that because because that's what's crazy. You, you might have a memory of it from ten years ago when it was still a pretty kind of okay town, and there were still nice areas of it. We could say that about Seattle ten years ago. By the way, um, you could say that about San Francisco twenty years ago. But tolerance of aberrant behavior by the predictably very very blue city governments is what's led to this and. So I, I got to go back a year and a half and find out how did they sell legalizing hard drugs with ballot measure 110? It went Someone in- from the Oregon Health Authority said, uh, well, this is a big experiment. I think we'll know more in a few years. 
In the meantime, how many overdoses and deaths are you going to tolerate while you carry out this experiment? Like, ah, just a couple hundred dead bodies here, a couple thousand overdoses there. We'll know more in a few years. Oh, yeah. Everybody got a and and the 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 deal is the criminality on the edges of, on the necessary edges of this are, are one of the things that are in complete denial here in the city of Seattle. But but I I think because you're all the victims of it, um, that's how they have the visit visibility that there's no such thing as some benign drug user in his or her tent with their dog inevitably named you know Boo or or Kush or you know whatever. That we're all the victims of this here in Seattle. Down in Portland, it's unvisitable, which is why I might be going down there. I got to see. I I was there. Remember, I was there just like three months ago. And I declared it unlivable and a human crap hole. But that was before it got warm. That was before June. Uh, there is a, there's a great farmer's market. There, I should I should preface everything about Oregon, with about Portland, with there used to be a great farmer's market um, and, and all that. But so... If anybody sells this snake oil ever, like, well, you know, the problem, the reason uh, the crime is going up is because of crimes. So if we decriminalize this criminal behavior and make it perfectly legal, we won't have to arrest them. Then the crime rate will go down. There are people who think like that. There are absolutely people who think like that. And one of them just got recalled in San Francisco. And that's why I'll reiterate what I was saying at the 6 a.m. hour. It, it, It may not be a daily interaction with the government but man i gotta say the king county prosecutor's office could be the most important single elected office in all of western washington and maybe even washington state the ability to and the will uh, to prosecute your homicides to file the homicide prosecution all that and then see it through uh it's the the effect you don't see it's it's like watering your lawn at 2 a.m um you know robo watering it and then you just have a nice lawn and you say how did I, how did this get like this well because the machine watered at 2 a.m you didn't have to and it's green and all that a good prosecutor you shouldn't notice right a bad one you notice i mean and when it gets that bad you recall them by the way fun a little fun fact talking about um uh, chesa boudin in san francisco they had to deal with that um, in in Portland. The city government has surrendered. Um, they're going to have to deal with it at the ballot box. Down in Los Angeles, this now nationwide story, this world-famous George Gascon idiot, um, not only did he parole, 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 a guy who just killed two police officers, life, lifelong residents of the town they were policing in, but he's going to pay for the funeral of the shooter. And don't don't hit the radio. He, he he signed a directive when he took office back in December that he that his office would pay for the funeral of anyone killed by police. No really. That's what side he's on. So this guy ambushes two cops, kills them, is killed in the second shootout with the other cops. And the prosecutor of that county is going to pay for that funeral. You're wondering how bad it can get? It can get that bad. So that's why, if you're a King County voter, vote. Um, I, I, I prefer one over the other. One, And I think it'll be obvious which candidate when, when you see uh, uh, the, the one who's not the career staffer 
in, in the office, but <clears throat> I, I cannot over overemphasize how important it is to own to to be in charge of the city. And and again, for all of you that are rural, say, oh, I don't care, I don't go to Seattle. No, no, Seattle comes to you. You don't have to come to Seattle to to get the suck juice. Seattle comes to you. Is did your neighbor's mountain bike get stolen? It wasn't those wacky kids. <laughs> Sorry, Seattle metastasizes. Um, and baby Seattle down there, uh, otherwise known as Tacoma, it, it, yeah, it's getting there too. Um, a lot, lot more gunplay down there. Uh, back in a second, AM seven seventy KTTH. Let's uh, get you to work with the right way traffic. AM seven seventy. Yeah, the details about that, um, the, the the door blast and the arrest. Uh, the the deadly shooting happened on April seventh. According to Kent police, uh, the suspect and the victim were in Hillcrest Cemetery in Kent when a fight broke out, escalating to gunfire. The victim was hit several times and was pronounced conveniently dead at the scene. Um, and uh, the victim was uh, a 25-year-old Tacoma man. The guy arrested after they opened the door with uh, with the the Bluey as uh, a 24-year-old arrested without incident. So. And that wasn't, by the way, that wasn't a flashbang. They didn't throw a flashbang in his bedroom. It was, um, it was a breaching uh, charge. Uh, hey, uh, great! You know, it is time for some good old conventional aircraft carrier talk. Let me get uh, the aircraft carrier music uh, ready for. How come this is not closing? Aircraft carrier music. Yeah, you know it. Is that Top Gun theme? No, it's. Universal theme for absolutely everything. Um, you know, uh, China learns really quickly. They can reverse engineer uh, anything and then call it their own and then sell it back to us. Uh, in this case, the the Chinese bought a decommissioned Russian aircraft carrier at the end of the Cold War. And they said, uh, yes, we're going to tow it to China and make it a casino. And it was Ukraine that sold it to them. They said, get this bucket of bolts out of here. So they took it out of Sevastopol. Uh, out the Black Sea and towed it to China. And they refurbished it and made it the Liaoneng, the first uh, Chinese aircraft carrier. But there's two kinds of carriers, Greg. And I'm as I'm, I'm telling someone whose older brother was a Marine aviator uh, this. Doesn't mean I know anything. Um, there's, uh, American aircraft carriers have catapults so that you can launch heavier aircraft with more weapons, all thing. Um, poor countries have what are, what are called ski jump uh, carriers, and the the old vertical takeoff landing uh, aircraft, the Harrier, which is in there's a handful still in service in the U.S., but Spain and others they launch those by suggesting very strongly that the aircraft roll forward and then it goes off a ski jump. So it, it so instead of being catapulted and then and then going and and providing lift by its own oomph and manly American engine, engines. So manly, there's two of them. Uh, that's not what they rely on. They they get in the air with that uh, ski jump, and uh, they they defend it and say oh, it's uh, cheaper and more capable and all that. Well, okay, but here, you're already you're 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 handicapping what kind of aircraft you can fly there. So America has catapult aircraft carriers, right? They're at the uh, the front end of the carrier generally, and um, the, the that's what the Russians did. The Russians did ski jumps. And they were they were smaller now. So the Chinese buy that carrier, the former I forget what it's called. Doesn't matter. Not germane to the story. Uh, and they refurbish it 
And as they refurbish it, they reverse engineer it. And then they make their own. So the second Chinese carrier is a copy of the ski jump carrier. So the Chinese are in the South China Sea with the Laonang, which is their first carrier. And it's a ski jump carrier and all that. But they know full well that's not world class. Now, now in the world, by the way, <clears throat> the United States is joined only by France. France has a real carrier, the Charles de Gaulle. It's nuclear, so it's super real. And it's got catapults. And it's, it's so catapulty that it's literally compliant with the U.S. carriers. Any French carrier plane can land on an American carrier. Any American plane can land on the Charles de Gaulle. And, and then take, and more importantly, then take off with the same catapult. The Chinese know that, that there's two kinds of navies. There's the U.S. Navy and then everyone else. And they want to be the U.S. Navy. So their third carrier has been floated in the dry dock. It's going to be uh, launched. And I can't even say the name. I can't even predict. F-U-J-I-A. Uh, I'm going to say Fujian. Anyway, <clears throat> it's called the Type 003 carrier. And it's big. Uh, that's the other thing. American carriers are huge, huge. You know, and it's measured by how much water it displaces. American carriers, like the Gerald Ford, the brand new Gerald Ford, 106,000 tons. Um, huge, huge craft are the, the carriers. And so the Chinese want to be world class. And they, they don't care. Here's the thing. They don't care how many pilots it takes to learn the skill. But even as you've seen over the past two weeks, even experienced naval aviators still crash. Okay, well, imagine if you were mid-career and someone suddenly said, oh, by the way, you're going to start landing on an aircraft carrier uh, now. <clears throat> so the Chinese are prepared for all the accidents that they're going to have. And they know this. They know that there's a uh, muscle stretching time. There's, a, there's a, a growing pain to enter the club of naval aviation. But they know that if, in fact, they want to, by force, bring Taiwan back into the, the warm, hugging embrace of communism, uh, it's going to require a lot of naval aviation not taken off from land bases but from carriers. So it's uh, we, we're strategically uh, about to enter a different world where a, a near-peer foe has is going to have at uh, the, the same capability that we do naval a- aviation-wise. And... Uh, you know, it's not like we can flood the zone with all 14 carriers at once. You know, one is sitting in a dry dock in Bremerton right now. It's not going to be out for two years. One of them is fit, completing a patrol uh, around Taiwan. The other one is about to get ready to go. You know, that's how that works. And then, oh, there's still the Atlantic. There's still the Arabian Gulf. There's still the Indian Ocean and all that. So anyway, uh, the, a, the Chinese are launching a, a new era. Um, it, boy, this is good news Friday, isn't it? I was going to say, on a brighter note, I want to come back with an anecdote from Miles Teller, one of the stars of the new Top Gun film. He has a great story from on set. It plays into aviation and aircraft carriers and all that, but it's... Uh, Let me get the good news, folks. More lighthearted. There you go. <laughs> By the way, Miles Teller, who plays Goose's son, the late Goose's son, worst mustache in that entire movie. I thought it was convincing. Horrible mode. If you either grow it or don't grow it, but don't grow that, you know. Um, back in a second. Also, my beard progress, uh, when we, which is great radio. Uh, right after this, AM seven seventy KTTH. Let's get you to work with our right way traffic. AM seven seventy KTTH. Brian suits here. Before we check your text by request, here's this. Wait. Career. My career. My career. Not a joke. 
All right, so we'll check your text uh, in a second. Here, here's uh, Top Gun Maverick. Uh, we were just talking during the commercial. I saw it in a great little theater in Centralia, where you can there's couches and you can bring in certain beverages and all that. Really, really chill. I really liked it. You know the whole thing. And I make so having seen it now, I might go back and see it in IMAX uh, this weekend. But here, here's my question: Before you play your your little Miles Teller thing, producer Greg. Was I supposed to know who he was before I went in the movie? What's he from? I mean, everyone drops that name. I'm like, he stars like he's in Harry the film. Styles or something. I've <laughs> mentioned this movie on the show before, but he plays the drummer in Whiplash, which is a phenomenal film, and that's the, my first association yeah. with Miles Teller. No one saw that. But he's been in a bunch of movies since then. I wouldn't exactly call him an A-list actor, but he's been around for a while now, at least ten years. Really bad mustache. I, I, again, I disagree with uh, you on the mustache. This is a um, movie-supporting folksy anecdote? Movie-set anecdote. So as you know, one of the cool gimmicks, I guess you'd call it, uh, from the new Top Gun Maverick film is all the actors actually flew in F-18 Super Hornets, right? It's not in. In. What'd I say? Well, I, I'm... Flew on? Flew... Then the crucial word is in. They didn't. You know, oh, I see. Yes, they, they were behind the controls. In, yeah. they, they were backseaters. Yes, but it wasn't green screen in a Hollywood studio, which is very cool. It's real humans doing real things. So Miles Teller relayed this story when he appeared on the Seth Meyers show and said, after a day of flying, he got out of his flight suit and his whole body was covered in hives. And so he immediately went to the hospital, and then this is what happened next. So I, like, I go to the doctor, and my blood work comes back, and I have um, flame retardant pesticides and jet fuel in my blood. Oh, my God. So that's what I thought. But then I thought, wait a second, this is actually kind of cool. So then I go, to, so I go to set the next day, and Tom's like, so how did it go, Miles? What did they find? I was like, well, Tom, it turns out I have jet fuel in my blood. <laughs> And without even skipping a beat, Tom just goes, yeah, I was born with a kid. <laughs> and that is because these are two-seaters. I just saw that response from Tom <clears throat> Cruise, who's like, hey, I'm, I'm still the megastar here, man. You, me, you can't impress me with some story about Jeff. Yeah. <clears throat> let me tell you about Scientology. I thought that was hilarious. Um, the, so the diagnosis with flame retardant from the Nomex in the jumpsuit. B- bug? What? Yeah, I didn't get that thing? part. But hives all over your whole body doesn't sound fun. No. Uh, I saw, you, you know, it, it, at the time of, time of day that we come to work, you see two things. Prescription drugs advertised. And some of them look really fun. I don't know what Sky Rizzy does, but, man, everybody in that commercial is very attractive. And they're all <laughs> having fun. So I want some Sky Rizzy. Um, apparently, it means I would have eczema, I guess. Then the other thing is consumer lawsuits. Yeah. Early in the morning. Are you, you know, have, have you ever had the, you know, whatever from the other drug, the drug from last year and all this? Do you have these all over sensitive areas of your body? I saw the worst thing ever yesterday. I, I look up Uh-oh. and I'm watching a sports channel, an unidentified sports channel, and it's a class action lawsuit. You're supposed to call this, this firm to get on board because... If you took this one drug uh, five years ago, and I remember the name of the drug, I, uh, uh, I forget it right now. If you got it and you're suffering from, <clears throat> are you ready? Fournier's gangrene of the genitals. Oh, hell no. Oh, ah. I, yes, I Googled it. 
after that kind of a tease, I'm like, oh my god, I might be part of the what? Oh, yeah. My there's god. a there's a thing. There's a thing. And, and folks, if you're suffering from FGG, FG of the G's, then you, there's a lawsuit. You're, there's relief coming. Anyway, just an observation about the uh, state of TV. Great segue to check the text. Uh, check your text, everyone. Oh, he's singing along. Busy text he's, line he's today. Tapping his talents. Dereliction of duty, though. I haven't curated nearly enough of them yet, so we could be oh, flying have, blind here. Yeah, I've got a couple right off the bat. Uh, a 509er says, I was last in Tacoma 15 years ago. Even then, it was like South Central L.A. You mean it's worse now? I don't see how. Um, I Believe me, but it's, Tacoma's never been like South Central L.A. But it's, uh, it's, it's yes, I'll, I'll, that I can tell you because I feel like I, I got out of a time machine six months ago. It, it is worse, and you just have to see the headlines where, where the shootings are happening um, in in Western Washington. And uh, yeah, so there's somebody mentioned there's that. that the U.S. Open is underway, which is kind of interesting because we've talked a lot about live golf on that, this show. Now, the U.S. Open is where they dismember the losers. No, with the, a bone that, that would be the Saudi-backed live golf oh, league, which 54. kicked off last week. This week, we're back in America for the biggest golf tournament in the States. But some of the live golf players are participating. So there was a lot of speculation. Are they going to be booed by fans? What's going to happen? So Phil Mickelson, who's sort of the face of live golf, uh, is playing in the U.S. Open. He was actually cheered when he teed off yesterday. But he had a very lackluster performance. 11 amateur golfers fared better than him in the first round yesterday. This Phil what... Mickelson shot a 78, which is not great for someone who just made, what, close to $200 million to be the face of a new golf league. Uh, Adam in Bremerton says this. I'm a big fan. I'm a, I'm a big golf fan and just became aware uh, that a Trump-owned course will be hosting a Saudi 9-11 dismemberment league event. That's and true. And that doesn't sit well with me. Also, Phil Mickelson's first round at the U.S. Open yesterday looked like somebody flew a plane into it. Adam and Bremerton. Oh, ouch. Brian, I, too, have chickens and goats. However, the feed costs for them are off the charts. What are your plans when the time comes I executed, the food for them is unaffordable and unavailable? Aha! Here's the thing. I executed Order 66, reference, reference, um, there uh, on that. I'm pre-buying my dog food through November. So that that's <laughs> stacked up in, in the garage. Um, I'm pre-buying... Um, all the food I need to get the chicks into layers, and I've I've I'm already buying the layer feed. It's because it's two different kinds of feed. You see, Greg, when you're a farmer, you know that a chick doesn't lay an egg. They don't lay an egg till they're a layer, and it's different food. So I'm I'm buying it now. I I know what's going to happen. I know that feed's going to be way more expensive. Luckily, stores don't pass that cost on to us, and so that's this, this is why it, what pencils out for me is with thirty thirty layers is that i'm gonna have extra eggs eggs are gonna have value in november i can trade them for bullets if i'm out not likely that i'll be out but i'm just saying um so so trade anyway but I'm, I'm saying i'm saying i'll be going <laughs> who, who do you street. plan on going eggs to war for with bullets in our dystopia um no uh i know that the price of everything is going up this fall so i'm i, I i'm just i'm doing the damage control and that's why this weekend, I, my goal, part of the reason I'm going out to Portland, is, is to, to score some molly. <laughs> um, but there is a, uh, in stock down there is a chest freezer. 
uh, you know, open top super duper freezer. So that's what I'm doing. Plus, you know, I'm bu- I'm buying June prices for stuff I know I'll need in, in November. That's going to be uh, far more expensive. And I just had a thought. I forget what it was. But uh, so anyway, I don't don't worry, uh, Greg and your family. There's room for you at my at my compound. Can't wait. I right now. This is an early home. invitation. I I just hope it it's not a compound by November. Back in a second. It is uh, AM seven seventy. KTTH, let's get to work with our... We'll, we'll finish... Very, we'll, we'll save the best for last. The absolute best content. A lot of sound coming uh, right after this. Let's get to work with our right-way traffic. So I said, where'd you trade him to? The Brandon Wheat Kings? <laughs> oh, stories. Uh, AM 770 KTTH. Uh, it is Brian Suits here wrapping up uh, with producer Greg. Uh, it's been a good week. I happen to feel it's been a good week. What a show today. My goodness. If people want to get the podcast, text Suits to one 800 465 He's an interesting guy. A radio guy. Very interesting guy. <laughs> Uh, that's how I, was, how I was described yesterday by someone. And by the way, and I appreciate it. And I thank them uh, on, on Twitter. Um, some quick uh, housekeeping notes. Uh, did you see the guy fall off the Columbia overpass onto I-90 that a bunch of cars hit him? Okay. Well, Sounds he did bad. Bonk. And this happened back on June 3rd. Uh, at around, um, and you're, you're thinking, what, like 2 a.m.? Oh, no, high noon. Uh, 12.40 p.m. on June 3rd, uh, the Washington State Patrol seeks your assistance. They received a 911 call saying a person a person had come off the South Columbia Street overpass and landed on in the southbound lanes of the I-5, the Golden State Freeway. Uh, when troopers arrived, the person was pronounced dead on the scene. Uh, multiple witnesses said that he actually fell, uh, on, fell on top of a semi. Bonk go, falls off, and then a white Volkswagen hit the person and continued driving south. Wouldn't I? Th- I'm pretty sure you'd know if you hit a person. So anyway, if you have person damage on the front of your white, you know, Tiguan uh, or whatever, <clears throat> call Washington State Patrol. Um, it is. It is at 12:40. No one has dashboard video. There's not wash dot video. Seems like there should be. Yeah. And by the way, it's not it's, if somebody falls out of the sky in the middle of I five, it's not it's not a crime to hit them, you, you know that's how gravity and physics works. It, uh, but if you're aware that you hit them and you kept going, uh, that anyway they, they'll they'll work it out with you. Uh, there's a radical pro-abortion group called Jane's Revenge, and uh, heads up on this, they're they're saying. Well, first of all, they absolutely agree that you should fly across uh, the country with a Glock handgun uh, and uh, think about killing a Supreme Court justice. But of course, it's one of these groups, sort of like Antifa, where there's you know they don't elect a leader. Uh, but the pro-abortion radical group, dubbed Jane Revenge, uh, says that they're increasing drastic measures, and, and that the measures may not be so easily cleaned up as fire and graffiti. Now, this is the group that I want to say in Pennsylvania. Um, uh, about a month, uh, m- month and a half ago, they arsoned a uh, a r- faith-based anti-abortion 
uh, office. I forget what they're called. Uh, with, uh, that's right. Wisconsin Family Action. In uh, that was back on Mother's Day uh, in uh, Wisconsin, and it was they claim credit uh, and they spray paint things like if abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. And some may see that as a veiled threat, but uh, so anyway, they've they've um, uh, upped the rhetoric. Good good thing. Just just what we need right now is uh, somebody turning up the stove um, on that. But, Brian, I want to get to this audio and find an excuse to play it, and that story is a perfect precursor to this. The political landscape is full of vitriol and bad faith, but I was very pleased to see Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor speak glowingly of her colleague Clarence Thomas on the court. This was an interview she gave last night. Justice Thomas is the one justice in the building that literally knows every employee's name, every one of them. And not only does he know their names, he remembers their families' names and histories. He is a man who keeps, cares deeply about the court as an institution, about the people who work there, but about people. That's why I can be friends with him and still continue our daily battle over our difference of opinions in cases. That first bit of laughter was organic. That was the crowd. Yes, it was the crowd. But let me be the first in line to say more of this, please, okay? Uh, the court is our sort of last uh, part of government where it hasn't been totally infested by partisan rancor. Well, you know, uh, hockey just handed me a note. Um, hockey, the very petty falcon uh, shooting holes in, in argument. If... If you don't know everybody's name and you certainly don't know everybody's family's name, how do you know he's getting him right? How can you vouch for for something you don't know? <laughs> You're trying to poke holes in this feel good story. If she doesn't know their names too, then how would how? Because if Clarence Thomas is walking along and he's calling you, you know, Benji for twenty years, are you going to correct him? You know, and, uh, that's right. Just some. By the way, uh, heads up. There's, I think, there may be an ulterior motive to what she's saying because Ginny Thomas, Clarence Thomas's wife. Uh, very probably is going to be called before the January 6th committee. Yeah, because um, she had texts back and forth with someone in the direct, Trump administration. Yeah, with the Trump chief of staff and sometimes directly with Trump and and all that. It's it's all quite untoward. And if there is any proceeding that <clears throat> involves her husband, he'll probably uh, be told to recuse himself by uh, the chief justice. The Justice of Chiefs. Um, and so this is, uh, I, uh, I got to play uh, any random Biden. And by the way, my... So I don't even know what this is about. We'll try to figure <laughs> out what it's about and what he's done. And by the way, my sympathies to your the family of your, F, uh, your, your CFO, who uh, dropped dead very unexpectedly. My <laughs> best to their family. It's tough stuff. Usually you say someone who died suddenly... You don't say drop dead? Has Grandpa gotten into the cough medicine? <laughs> to put it plainly, uh, uh, my warmest sympathies go out to this person and their family for dropping dead. <laughs> it's like, oh, gosh, Biden. Oh, no, hell no, no. yeah, that has to be played again. Oh, my God. And by the way, my sympathies to your the family. This is, this is because his his handlers said, I before the meeting, the CFO uh, died suddenly and unexpectedly. Uh huh. Last week, so maybe uh, before you get underway, uh, one of your uh, folksy 
expressions nice of sympathy. Human touch. And as a reminder, your first wife and daughter died in a car accident. And you go ahead and bring up again that one your of your son Bo is dead. One of your jobs is consoler in yeah. chief. And then so. whatever you do, don't mention uh, Hunter. Do this delicately. All right. Okay. So <clears throat> stand here. All right. Here they come. And by the way, my sympathies to your the family of your F, uh, your, your CFO, CFO. who uh, un- dropped dead very unexpectedly. My best to their family. Wow. Wow. There is not a situation he cannot screw up. Are what? we too hard on him? No. <laughs> no. We, we go easy no. on him because of his age, and which immediately tells you there's a problem. Um, and by, by the way, voices are getting a little less muffled on the Democratic side about there's absolutely no way he runs in 2024. And, you... and there's no way the, the vice dolt is going to be the candidate either. When you live in a gerontocracy, you're bound to hear a few slip ups like this from time to time. You know what old people do, and then everyone in the room acts like they didn't just do that, and they're not smelling it. I'm what? wait. That's why I watch. That's why I always take Biden live, not not just because of what might come out of this end. And by the way, my sympathies to your the family of your uh, your your CFO who uh, un- dropped dead very unexpectedly and my best to their family. Yeah. Right. Anyway, I'm always hoping he's mic'd really well because I want to, I, I want to hear every, every noise he makes. That's what I'm saying. Um, so you're going down to Portland this weekend. I have that correct. Yeah. I, are you going to stay safe? I Venmoed uh, someone the money to hang on to this, uh, this freezer. And, uh, but uh, you know, and, and then I'm, I'm only going to bring enough. I don't know what their initiative, uh, or measure 110 said. Can, is it only one, uh, uh, personal use dose of one drug at a time? Or yeah, can, leave your meth at home. Well, that's the thing is like, can, can I bring my personal use heroin, meth, fentanyl, <laughs> cocaine? Uh, can I bring it all? I have a better just weekend. Personal use. I have a better weekend ahead of me, Brian. I'm going to go see uh, John Fogarty play some Creedence Clearwater songs at Chateau Saint Michel tomorrow night. I'm pretty psyched about that. I'm seriously asking, who's older, <laughs> Biden or John Fogarty? Probably similar in age, I'm guessing. Uh, and but by he, the, he's it, still got the pipes; he it, can still bust yeah, out yeah, those he tunes. Can. And it's, it ain't a Vietnam movie if you don't have a Creedence song and a shot of a Huey against clouds. There you go. All right. Well, have a good weekend, uh, producer Greg, and everyone else. Have a uh, have a good weekend. Have a good uh, federal holiday and the whole thing. We'll see you back here uh, on. Wait, I have to hear this. Uh, do we have time? Do I want to hear it one more time? And by the way, my sympathies to, to your, uh, uh, your your CFO. Okay, don't drop dead. Have a good weekend.